When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Hey, the following is a presentation of the Bellip Sports Media Network. Here's what's cooking on the day's Sports Stove Podcast. We're talking Major League Baseball news. Shohei Otani's deal. Prospects getting to play. We'll talk about all that and more. NFL Week 15 picks and reactions to some of the things that happened last week as well. That's what's cooking on today's Sports Stove Podcast. From Belly Up Sports and the Belly Up Podcast Network, you're listening to the Sports Stove Podcast with your host, Vince Stover. Welcome in to an all-new edition of the Sports Stove Podcast presented by Righteous Felon Jerky. Now is the time to order your stocking stuffers so they can be in in time uh, for Christmas. Go to RighteousFelon.com. Find your new favorite flavor and find some favorite flavors for the ones you love. Use the promo code STOVE15 at checkout to get 15% off your purchase. Again, that's STOVE15, S-T-O-V-E-1-5, to get 15% off your purchase. Well, welcome into tonight's edition of the Sports Stove Podcast. I'm your host, Vince Stover, joined as I am every Wednesday night by my dad, Dale Stover. Dad, how you doing? Doing good. Doing good. Things winding down here in football a little bit, but a lot going on in all the sports. So um, busy time of the year, of course, with college basketball and, of course, hockey and just a lot of things going on in baseball news, which we're going to talk about here. So, And uh, the NFL, a little tough for us this week, but uh, hopefully it'll pick up this weekend. We'll see. Yeah, it's been an interesting sports week. Uh, I mean, in basketball, Draymond uh, Green makes news again. He punches uh, Nursich in the face. He's getting suspended indefinitely, which we, of course, don't know. You know, is it going to end up being three games, five games, ten games? Who knows? But he is definitely a repeat offender. Um, so hopefully it's a while. There's just no need for his reactions, for his actions uh, in the game, especially with so many kids watching. I mean, it's just teaching such bad habits. So hopefully they suspend him for a long, long time. Um, But uh, biggest news probably came in the Major League Baseball world this week when Shohei Otani signs with the Dodgers, which is exactly what we said would happen. Um, But he signed with the Dodgers, signs this massive deal, $700 million 
to find out though he's deferring pretty much all of it um he's gonna get two million a year uh and then basically when he's done playing is when he's gonna get the rest of his money and i heard someone today say could be a tax situation where if he doesn't get it till he moves back to to uh, Japan, then maybe doesn't pay all those taxes on it that California has, and he makes a ton of money off the field anyhow, so that wasn't the issue, obviously. Uh, but the Dodgers land Otani. This year, he'll just be the DH, um, and then ideally, he'll start pitching again the year after. Um, but it's a big get for, for the Dodgers. I mean, they're a big market. Uh, they've got a lot of talent on their team already. They add Otani in, and, uh, you know, it's it's interesting to see We'll see how it shakes out. There, there's talks of them adding guys from the Rays. Um, I saw today rumors of Tyler Glasnow um, coming over possibly in a trade. So the Dodgers aren't done yet. And uh, they've got the money, extra money to work with now that Otani defers pretty much his entire contract. Let's start with Otani to the Dodgers, Dad. Your thoughts on him and the fit that he'll be there in L.A.? Well, you know, it's probably a good spot for him. Of course, he's staying right there in the L.A. area. Um, he's a great player. Again, you know, being a giant fan, I can't be overly excited about the Dodgers, but, um, it should really, you know, should help them. Um, you know, it'd probably be good for baseball more than likely Otani will be in the playoffs and, um, a little more so there. So, um, big yeah. pickup for the Dodgers, no doubt about it. And I'll be interested to see how he does, you know, again, if he's only the DH, you know, maybe he'll even be a better hitter than he was. You never know. We'll see. I think it's interesting. I think he's going to get, surprisingly, more publicity being with the Dodgers than he was with the Angels. And it's amazing that you had Otani and Trout on the Angels, and they still couldn't capitalize on it. Um, but that being said, he goes to the Dodgers. Um, National League, which doesn't make a huge difference at this point with having the DH everywhere. Um, but it's interesting. The contract, though, is really intriguing. And, you know, I heard somebody say, I think it was Dan Patrick, but he's like, I mean, the the union or the owners are going to put in a rule that this can't, you can't do this. Somebody's going to be upset about this deal because uh, maybe it's Major League Baseball. I mean, this contract is crazy. It's never been done like this before. And, uh, and so I wonder how long it'll take before – uh, someone before they nix that that you can do this kind of contract again. That being said, Dad, isn't it? Um, I think refreshing to have a superstar say, "Hey, I want to make sure the team has money to get more good players while I'm here." So I'm going to defer my contract till basically I'm done playing, and uh, it helps the team. It helps them bring more people in. Are we going to start seeing maybe a little bit? I mean, he's still going to get his money. So are we are we going to start seeing a little bit less selfishness when it comes to contracts? Could this spread to the quarterback market in the NFL? Well, I, I think, um, like you said, it's refreshing to see a superstar do that. Um, I don't know in this day and time and the way people are in society, I don't know that that will spread around a lot and see people do that. Um, it would make sense, you know, for the team to be able to have more success and do that. And of course now we'll guarantee contracts and the fact that you are going to get your money um, at some point too, maybe we will see some of that, but I think Otani's kind of his own 
own person and a little bit of a different deal. And so I don't know that anybody will jump to follow suit um, with him at that or not. We'll see. And um, be interesting to see. I think he'll probably fit in well with the Dodgers. You know, anytime you get a team with so many superstars, you wonder how, you know, everybody's going to get along and how that's going to go. But so we'll see. Yeah, but in baseball, it's not the same as other sports. Yeah. Chemistry, I mean, I'm not saying it doesn't matter, but it definitely is not as big an issue. Um, a bad a bad personality can definitely ruin things, but um, they all seem to be decent personalities that are there currently. Um, so I'm not I'm not too worried about that. You know, Tom Brady did a similar, not not the exact same thing with the contract, but there was a time there where Brady took a little less um trying to get players in and things like that so it's happened before and it didn't really spread so we'll see if this if the, at least the creativity has to be applauded um there for the agent and everything like that as well uh major league baseball announced they're going to have a uh prospect game go on during spring training i think this is a phenomenal idea the top prospect on every team is going to play in a game during spring training they'll call it the spring showcase um and the opportunity that that or excuse me, they're going to call it the spring breakout, um, and it'll happen on uh, March the 14th through the 17th. And uh, I think this is really neat. I think it's a great way. Baseball has failed to really market the sport recently, and I think this helps. You get these young young faces out there, let people start seeing who the future stars are going to be, and uh, let them play some baseball at the same time. So I love this idea by Major League Baseball. I'm excited for it. Any thoughts on uh, getting to see the top prospects play in a game uh, here this spring? No, I think it'll be good, and I think you're right. Baseball is trying to do a much better job, um, you know, being in front of people and getting fans kind of back um, interested from there. And I think, you know, seeing this young talent, um, I think it's a good idea all the way around. Uh, the Giants signed center fielder Jung-Hoo Lee. Um, he comes over from Korea, the KBO, and has had a lot of success over in the KBO. Uh, let's see here. There's some fun things about this. Um, uh, let's see here. This is from Jeff Passan, by the way. Um, he, he is re regarded as royalty. Uh, his father, Zhang Boehm Lee, as the best all-around player in the KBO in history back in the 90s. And he was nicknamed the Grandson of the Wind. Uh, because his father was called the son of the wind. So <laughs> there you go. Uh, Red Sox come in with a big contract offer. Uh, six years, $113 million to, million to land the Korean star. Uh, I mean, there's been some success, obviously, uh, from overseas. And uh, we'll see if that shakes out anything good for the Giants um, on there. A reminder that the Sports Stove Fantasy Baseball Show we're going to actually start earlier than normal this year. We're going to kick it up in January, about midway through January. We'll have an official date on that soon. And uh, when we get into the Sports Stove Fantasy Baseball Show, we cover all things Major League Baseball as well as Fantasy Baseball. Kevin Wilson is set to join me again on that program, and that will air on Sunday nights at 8 p.m. And looking forward to getting that started again in the new year. All right, let's transition over to football and the NFL. Week 14 brought all kinds of fun things. Uh, two Monday night upsets. The Patriots won on Thursday night. 
which is wild. The Buccaneers jump right back into the NFC South battle. Uh, let's see here. The Jets dominated the Texans. That was exciting. The Bears beat the Lions, which is wild. Um, the Vikings and the Raiders battled out a 3-0 game. Uh, I mean, just tons of things going on. And the Cowboys dominate the Eagles. The Eagles uh, going through a real rough stretch right now. There's a lot of things we could talk about, but let's start with the Chiefs and the Bills. Came down to the end. The Bills ended up winning by three. Um, Kadarius Tony lined up offsides. Patrick Mahomes embarrassed himself with his reaction. Eventually did apologize uh, for it. But it, it, part of the excitement around that whole thing was that Travis Kelsey threw a lateral across the field, and it was not a planned play. He just did it. He saw a guy standing over there. Chucked the ball down the field to Kadarius Tony across the field, who ended up getting in the end zone before getting called back for the offsides. The whole situation was wild and wacky um, at the end of the day, but Kadarius Tony was offsides, and I think we're kind of finally moving past. It took a couple of days moving past the outrage. Like, uh, and I don't, I, most people I heard weren't even outraged. They were surprised by how the Chiefs reacted, how Patrick Mahomes reacted. Like the dude was offsides. Um, I don't know. What are your thoughts on that that crazy ending to the Chiefs Bills game? Well, I, you know, I, it it was it was crazy. I can see where the Chiefs in the moment would be very upset because of the you know the play. The thing about this offsides, apparently, you know, we heard this a couple of weeks ago that um, I guess this has been a point of emphasis, but there hasn't been a lot of calls. You don't have the offense called offside very often. And um, obviously he was offside. There was no doubt about that. So the rule is you can't be offside. You can't really defend that. Um, I, the NFL is going to have to get this officiating thing under control because you got officials deciding the game. And, um, you know, again, th this is a call that, you know, would have the Bills been arguing this if it hadn't have been called? Um, I don't know. You don't hear people argue that a lot. Now, he was offside. And of course, you know, the whole thing with instant replay and, you know, angles and being able to look at it, you know, you can, you can figure all this out where before you couldn't, you kind of go with the emotion of the game and boy, they were driving down and whatever. I do think the chiefs reacted probably wrongly on this. I can see why in the heat of the game, sure. you know, um, they would be very upset and very frustrated. But I know I saw a little bit today something about the NFL said, you know, the officials are still kind of a work in progress. Um, I, you know, you're always going to have officials make mistakes, but, but they um, didn't. it just seems like you've got to, you know, something should be able to be done. But the, but the officials didn't make a mistake. <laughs> they did the right thing. Um, they actually called what they were supposed to call. I mean, there's, the officials are not at fault for this. Um, had he looked over at the official and asked him to check and the official didn't respond, then the officials would be at, be at risk or at fault. But they didn't do anything wrong here. He was lined up off sides. Um, he should have seen that. He should have known it. Now, Dan Orlovsky said that Darius Tony was lining up on the line a lot in that game, and they hadn't called it to that point. I didn't see, see that, so I, I can't. I don't know about that. But I mean, at the end of the day, it was offsides. I don't, I mean, 
the Bills wouldn't have complained about it in the moment, but I would assume that after the game, looking back at it, it probably would have gotten posted. Look, he was off sides. They should have called it. That's why we lost the game or, or whatever it may be. I mean, the way the Chiefs responded was a little, a little ridiculous. Um, I listened to Travis Kelsey and Jason Kelsey this uh, today on their podcast. And, you know, and his reaction was, hey, man, we're going to move on. And, and you know, you know, we, I appreciate that my teammates stuck up for my teammates. Like, that's what we're going to do. And uh, but at the end of the day, he was off sides. The, the officials should not be ridiculed at all for calling it. He was clearly offsides, and uh, and that's what you want. Now, last week, you know, the Packers got away with a pass interference call that could have affected the outcome of that game. So that's fair to be upset, and maybe that frustration boiled over into this game as well. So, I mean, I think I think Patrick Mahomes' reaction was embarrassing, um, and like I said, he apologized for it. So I don't I don't want to rag on him, but the way he went after the official and had to be held back, I mean, that's just you can't do that. Um, so. Anyways, it was interesting. They had the Cowboys. I mean, they dominated the Eagles. Um, the Eagles have had two rough weeks, but at what point do we start respecting the Cowboys enough to say, hey, they're a legitimate threat this year in the playoffs? Well, I, I think of the, what they've shown so far is def, definitely you have to say that. They, you know, they are a threat. You know, now are the Eagles, are the Eagles going to slide, you know, way down here or not? We don't know. Um, but, uh, the Cowboys definitely, um, are playing well, you know, they've got weapons, um, and looks like McCarthy calling the plays this year, you know, has made a difference. It was a good thing there. Um, so again, you know, the, the, the Cowboys definitely, uh, be a factor, be a good chance. They're going to win the division and, you know, probably get a home game and at least one and, um, so, you know, they may be in the thick of it this year. We'll see. Uh, what about the Lions? They lose 28 to 13. People are still all over this. Justin Fields is going to get traded. They're going to draft a quarterback thing. Um, the Bears have looked pretty solid the last couple of weeks. And the Lions, who looked like they were going to run away with the division and they should still win the division, they got embarrassed last week. What's going on in Detroit? Yeah, like, um, you know, we've kind of, you and I've said all year, Detroit is not as good as people said they are. It's funny, I saw the power rankings, I think, today, and they're still ranked pretty high. So apparently somebody thinks they're still um, good, but it's it's a little bit of a mystery, um, you know, um, and, and we'll see how the next couple games go because they've got some games that they're definitely going to be challenged in. And, um, you know, of course, they got the Vikings twice. Um, got the Cowboys, and so um, be interesting to see how it ends up. I don't think Detroit is is a dominant team at all. They may win the division, and if they win the division, you know they'll get a they'll get a home game. And um, but I think they're a team that could be vulnerable in the first round, no doubt about it. Well, yeah, I mean you want to play the Lions right now yeah. <laughs> if you're a playoff team. Uh, they got the Broncos this week, the Vikings, uh, and Cowboys on the road the next two weeks, and then they're home against the Vikings to end the season. They could easily lose three of those four. I mean, uh, they should beat the Vikings, but I think the Broncos and Cowboys are losses, and uh, and you know they could split with the Vikings possibly. We'll see how that one shakes out. That's intriguing though to see. What about the Bears? I mean. I felt like they needed to fire their at least their offensive staff. Um, 
I, I mean, here the Bears are <laughs> putting up points, doing what they need to do. And, uh, you know, I don't know. It seems like they're doing okay. They beat the Vikings 12 to 10, which is not great. They lost to the Lions the week before that by five points, 26 to 31. They beat the Panthers before that. Um, you know, they got the Browns this week, so that's going to be a tough defensive matchup. They, they got the Cardinals, the Falcons, and the Packers. I mean, the Bears could come out of this with eight wins, seven wins um, as well. Um, intriguing. I don't know. What, what do you think about the Bears right now? Yeah, I, I, again, I, I, I'm not all on the Bears train as far as them turning everything around. The schedule, it, it does benefit them. So they could end up, like you said, with seven or eight wins. Um, you know, and that would be an improvement for them there. Uh, no doubt about it. You know, Justin Fields is throwing the ball a little better. Of course, he runs the ball a lot. And, um, but yeah, there, that was a big win for him against the Lions. And, um, you know, I, you know, we've talked about teams needing to lose to get the draft pick, but they don't have to because they've got Carolina's draft pick. So, right. Um, so we'll see. Um, yeah, the Bears, the Bears are playing a little bit better, but again, I think looking at who they played in the games they played, but they are scoring points, so you can't take that away from them. Well, I feel like they're playing the way I expected them to play now. They didn't start the season that way. They started the season just horrible. I'm sitting there looking at them going, man, they should not be this bad. Like they're, I didn't expect them to be good, but, but they were so bad. Now they're playing at least to the level I thought they were supposed to be at. That six to eight wins, eight wins as the ceiling, uh, but six is the floor. Like I felt six, seven, eight wins is kind of where they needed to be this year, and that looks like that's where they're going to get to. Um, I still don't think they should get rid of Justin Fields. I think that would be wild, but you get the number one overall pick, and if you think Caleb Williams is that guy, and you can, I'm sure, get a haul for Justin Fields. So that's a conversation we'll hear throughout the offseason. Um, Monday night, the Packers lost to the Giants by two. Um, they're still depleted with injury. Christian Watson, Aaron Jones out. Um, Jair Alexander, one of their best defenders out. So either way, they shouldn't have lost to the Giants, but they did. And then the Titans come up and upset the Dolphins, Dad. Um, pretty wild to see that that shake out the way it did um, as well. And the Titans are that kind of team. Um, you know, I, I don't know. I always kind of, I, I should have picked them last week. I did not. Um, to cover and I mean they're just they're gonna be a pain in the tail for whoever they play and they proved that this week with the Dolphins as well did the Dolphins overlook the Titans or did the Titans just all of a sudden show up well I think the Dolphins overlooked them but I you know I thought the Dolphins were the real thing and you know they definitely stumbled on that one no doubt about it and um but I you know we'll see they should they've got a game this week hopefully they can bounce back and um Seem like, you know, again, they, they've got a real, real good chance to win their division, uh, but they'll have to keep playing. But, yeah, I, I think they would have overlooked the Titans. And the Titans are one of those teams, you know, you got Derrick Henry and you can stay in the game. Um, yeah. They can, you know, um, doesn't matter who the quarterback is, as long as he can hand it off. That's what it's always kind of been for the Titans. And it's still that way. So, um, you know, yeah. Um, yeah, the Titans do surprise people, no doubt about it. Uh, yeah, I mean, you know, I've said it all along. The lions will always lion. So that's one explanation for what the lions are doing right now. But Tua Tungavailoa will always be Tua Tungavailoa. So at some point it always comes back to earth 
and things even out the way they're supposed to. Uh, before we get into our picks for this week, a uh, quick um, uh, shout out. I don't know if that's the right thing. Frank Whitecheck passed away, former Tennessee Titan, um, part of the Music City Miracle. Uh, he was a big part of the Nashville world, sports world, back when we lived in Tennessee. And, uh, you know, you hate to hear about that, uh, especially wasn't that old. And uh, so that was tough. And I'm sure the Titans will be doing plenty to uh, memorialize him as well. So, uh, like I said, he was a big part of the Titans back when we lived in Tennessee. Um, so, and, and then he was a big part of the media after he got out of, out of football for a while as well. So, um, sad news out of Tennessee for sure. Let's get into our week 15 picks, Dad. We got three games on Saturday this week, which adds some extra football. Uh, but Thursday night, so we picked the primetime games, Thursday night, Sunday night, Monday night, and then three other random games as well. Uh, the Raiders uh, could not hold off the Minnesota Vikings, losing 3-0 to zero last week. They get to face Easton Stick uh, and the Keenan Allenless Chargers this week um, at home. Vegas is a, uh, in, in our runyourpool.com setting, they are a 2.5 uh, favorite. That is actually higher in most other places. Um, but they're hosting the Chargers without their starting quarterback, who's out for the year, uh, without their best wide receiver, who's injured this week. And uh, I'm interested to see your thoughts on Vegas and the Chargers, Dad. Well, I, again, you know, it, it, it is a division game. But, um, yeah, I'm going with with Vegas on this one. Um, they're at home. And, um, you know, again, you know, neither team is really very good. Um, but Vegas has won some games. You know, it was disappointing that they, you know, let the Vikings beat them last week. Um, but, um, yeah, it, this was a hard one to pick. Obviously, wouldn't even pick this if we didn't have to. But um, two and a half, I'll go with Vegas maybe to beat them by a field goal. So. Yeah, what's my rule with the Chargers, Dad? Yeah, don't don't pick the Chargers. Yeah, so I'm picking the Chargers this week. Uh, <laughs> minus, <laughs> plus two and a half. Uh, here's my thought process on it, and I know I know I'm going to lose this one, um, but here's my thought process. Easton Stick, no good. Um, but the coaches know Easton Stick is no good. So what does that mean? That means they're going to focus on the run game. Austin Eckler um, and the backups. They're gonna they're gonna run the ball a lot. Vegas is not that good. Um, they've got a decent pass rush, but outside of that, they're really not that good either. So I think the Chargers are going to pull this one off, Dad. And uh, and when I'm wrong, I will come back and yell at myself for for picking the Chargers because my rule is don't pick the Chargers. But I'm going to this week Chargers plus two and a half because I think the Raiders are just that bad. Uh, Sunday night football is a, another division, or excuse me, not division battle, uh, but AFC battle, Baltimore Ravens. The 10-3 and three Baltimore Ravens are three-and-a-half-point favorites on the road uh, in Jacksonville. And, Dad, we talked about Jacksonville a little bit last week where I just don't trust them because they're so unbalanced. They're just one day they're great, the next day they're not. Now, obviously, Trevor Lawrence is a little banged up. I really think Baltimore is a serious contender this year um, and so I'm going to go Baltimore, three and a half point favorites on the road. I know Jacksonville can show up and shut them down, but will they? That's the ultimate question. How do you sit with Baltimore and Jacksonville? Yeah, I, I, I agree with you on this one, Baltimore, um, by three and a half, even though they're on the road. Baltimore's got a great 
opportunity to win the division and probably even to get in a good spot here as far as uh, the seeding is concerned. And uh, I think they're playing pretty good football right now. Jacksonville is really up and down. Uh, they may still win the division because everybody's kind of winning and losing in that division. But, um, yeah, I, I think I, I pick Baltimore on that one. Monday night is Philadelphia at Seattle. Listen to this stretch from the Eagles dating back to the first game in November. They beat the Cowboys by five. They beat the Chiefs by four. They beat the Bills by three in overtime. And then the last two weeks, they got blown out against San Francisco at home, and they got beat handily by the Cowboys on the road. Now they are on the road in Seattle. They are the favorites in this game. And uh, the question is, is will they come out and recover and rebound, or are they going to keep getting beat up a little bit? Because the rest of their schedule is easy, Dad. They have the Giants uh, two out of the last three weeks, and they have the Cardinals. Um, so can they survive Seattle this week? How are your thoughts on that game? Um, again, it's always tough when you're at Seattle, um, and Seattle's been a real up and down team. You don't know who, who's going to show up there, but, uh, I think Philadelphia is a good team. I think they will rebound. Um, so again, it's a little iffy cause it's on the road, but three and a half, I'll, I'll, I'll pick the Eagles and uh, hopefully they'll get back to their winning ways. Yeah, I I really don't think Seattle's that good. Um, now they've they they proved me wrong last year. They're six and seven this year. I think Philadelphia is so desperate to get back on track that they will. Uh, so I've got Philadelphia as well in this game at minus three and a half um, on Monday night. Uh, all right, so now we got three other games to pick, and I thought we had some interesting options this week, Dad. Uh, let's start with you though on who's game four for you this week. I'll take a Saturday game with the Bengals at home against Minnesota. Take the Bengals to beat Minnesota by three and a half. Uh, I think the Bengals were challenging to get in the playoffs. Even with the backup quarterback, they're playing pretty good. Um, Minnesota, you know, they'll have to score a lot more than three points, I think, to beat um, Cincinnati. And Cincinnati's defense is good. Um, so being at home again, I, I'll take the Bengals. Um, they came through for me last week and I'll take them three and a half over Minnesota. It's an interesting pick. I, I did not pick this game. Uh, my friend, Brad Taylor host of the bottom line with Brad Taylor here in Lexington. He says Saturday night road dogs is the way to go. I could not pick Minnesota, <laughs> but at the same time, I wanted to, uh, uh, follow his leading. So I just stayed away from that game altogether. Um, I think Cincinnati should win. They're at home. They've been playing decent football, and Minnesota is not good. And they've got a different quarterback now. I mean, I don't know. I'm just staying, I'm staying away from that one as much as possible. But I did pick a Saturday to game, Dad, and I went with Denver uh, as four-and-a-half-point underdogs uh, in Detroit. Now, listen, Detroit's one of those team twos that they need to show up this week. Like, they need it so, so badly. But I just think Denver's the better team right now. I don't think Detroit is the better team. So I picked Denver plus four and a half on the road. Um, how do you feel about Lions Broncos? Yeah, I, I did not pick that game. Um, I considered it, but um, I, you know, again, I would have picked Denver, like you said, but this is a game Detroit needs to win. So that one scared me a little bit there. Um, 
I, you know, Denver's not a juggernaut, and um, but I, I do think they can win this one, and I think they're probably still in the playoff wild card hunt if they keep winning. So it'd be a big game for them. I, I would agree with you picking Denver, but I did not pick that game. I mean, honestly, at this point, anybody that's in the playoff hunt has to win this week. Like, there, you cannot not afford to lose at this point in the season if you're in the hunt, and uh, so they're all desperate for wins. Um, Detroit definitely is desperate, but I go Denver in that one. Uh, who's game number five for you this week? Game number five, I had to consider because we got news this week about a couple of defensive players for Cleveland being hurt. But as I looked at all the games, I'm going to go ahead and take Cleveland because they are at home against Chicago. Again, I've been big on Cleveland's defense all year. I know we just talked about, you talked a lot about Chicago scoring points. Um, we'll see if they can do that against Cleveland. Now, Cleveland has lost a couple big defensive players, and I think they've lost them for the year. Um, but um, Cle- you know, again, Cleveland's hanging in there, and I'm yeah, I'm just not that big on Chicago, so um, I'll take Cleveland at home uh, to win that one to cover. I almost picked Chicago in this game. I ended up not picking this game. Um... Cleveland, to me, is the most overrated team in the league. Their defense has been phenomenal, um, and their offense has been sufficient, but I just I don't think they're an 8-5 and five team. Like, to me, they're more of a, I don't know, 6-7 and seven team, um, but they've been able to will out some wins. I didn't pick the game. Had I picked it, I would have went Chicago um, here. Um, I just I like what Chicago's doing right now more than, than I like what Cleveland's doing even though Cleveland has the better record. Um, I picked the NFC South game, Dad. Atlanta, three-and-a-half-point favorites over Carolina. Carolina is very bad. Atlanta is not good, but I think they're good enough to win by more than than a field goal against Carolina, even at Carolina. Any thoughts on Falcons-Panthers? Uh, no, I, I didn't pick that one. Um, that's one of those I kind of got a gut feeling if Carolina's ever going to kind of rise up here and play, Atlanta would be the team they could beat. Um, but, you know, I again, Atlanta's very much in the hunt, so they should win this one. Uh, but, no, I didn't pick that game. I mean, Atlanta's beatable. I won't argue with that there. Um, I mean, who's better, Atlanta or the Saints? Um. That's a really good question. Um, I think the Saints, but um, not by much, right? But you don't know that, so yeah. And and you wouldn't say that they're they're much better, right? Uh, I think they're better, no doubt about it. So okay. Well, last week the Saints beat the Panthers twenty eight to six. I don't think Atlanta and New Orleans are that far apart. I'd actually put Atlanta over New Orleans personally, but I don't think they're that far apart. I think that. Uh, the Panthers are that far behind. <laughs> so, so I think I, I feel pretty, pretty comfortable with this one. Um, all right. Game number six, who'd you pick? Um, I'm going to take um, the Rams at home, six and a half over Washington. I think the Rams are making a real push toward the playoffs here. Um, again, I don't think they're a power team, but I think they're playing better. Washington is not playing good at all. Um, it's at LA six and a half a lot, but I think they can beat them by a touchdown. So I'm going with the Rams over the commanders. All right. I didn't pick this game. Um, I did look at it and I looked at it hard. I think, um, I think Washington is going to keep this one close dad. 
Now, last week they got blown out by the Dolphins, but the Dolphins are a high-powered offense. The week before that, they got blown out by the Cowboys. The Cowboys are a high-powered offense. Um, the rest of their games have been close. And uh, I just I think that the Commanders are relatively close, I should say. Um, but I will say this, too. I think that Matt Stafford is... We already respect Matt Stafford, but I think that he is proving his legacy at this point with the Rams and what they're doing. I think the Rams are playing very good football. I need their running back to score a whole bunch of points this week. I'd be all for the Rams covering at six and a half. I stayed away from this one, though, because the commanders actually scare me a little bit um, as a team that's maybe more competitive than we're giving them credit for um, when it's all said and done, although they're letting their quarterback get hit a lot which is never a good thing, but I'd be a little worried if I were the Rams this week. My last pick, Dad, I decided to go Houston again. Houston's two-and-a-half-point underdogs to Tennessee at Tennessee. Tennessee comes off the big win. They're going to be hyped, but it's a short week for them. Um, And I think that Houston, even though they're a little banged up, I kind of think that there's a good, good opportunity for Houston here to stay in that playoff hunt and uh, get a win over Tennessee this week. And uh, typically, you know, at at Tennessee division game, that would scare me off a little bit. But I was looking at the other options that we had, and I felt like that was the safest option of of the ones that we had left. So I went Houston, two and a half point underdogs, the Tennessee thoughts on the uh, Titans and Texans. Well, I would have picked that one if I knew CJ Stroud was going to play, but that's not for sure yet. And um, if he doesn't play, then. I don't feel nearly as confident. I do think they 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 would win if he played. Um, and again, that division, you know, they've still got a chance to win that. But um, when I looked at that and the quarterback wasn't decided yet and we're picking tonight, I stayed away from that. Yeah, that line will probably change if Stroud is the quarterback as well. Yeah. Um, all right, let's look at the other games going on uh, this week. Neither of us picked Green Bay and Tampa. Um, you know, for me, it's health. Health is everything. Baron Jones is healthy. That helps. It goes a long way. If Christian Watson's playing, that helps too. Um, Tampa's got a, a powerful offense. They can show up. They're in, in a race for first place in the division, but it is at Green Bay. Green Bay should win this game. How confident are you that they will win this game? Well, when the idea that Green Bay should win this game doesn't give me any confidence because we've, we've lost games we should have won. Um, I do think health is a deal. I think they can rebound. It was really kind of mystifying the way, you know, they all, all three areas, you know, special teams, you had a veteran, you know, muff a punt and not know to fall on it. You know, you had defense let him down. Um, Jordan Love rallied at the end and give him the chance to win. Uh, but the defense has let us down many times this year. I think injuries are a deal. I don't think probably Watson will be back. And you got Wicks that's out now. Um, Jaden Reed does, does not have a concussion. So him playing, that will help. If Aaron Jones played, that would be a big uh, uh, you know, a, a big help there, but it's at home. They should win. They've still got a chance. And if they win this one, then they're back, you know, talking playoffs and the playoff hunt um, because of their schedule. But um, they really needed that game last week to put, put them in a driver's seat in a lot of ways. And, um, you know, they, you know, they, they just do some baffling things again. You know, they're young, they make mistakes 
And when you look at that, you know, you just can't, you can't bank on a Tampa Bay is fighting for the division. But I heard some people talking today, you know, um, heard Brian Balaga talking, you know, um, the people in Florida are freezing and it's 60 degrees. So they said, anytime you get Tampa up in uh, Green Bay this time of year, that's a good thing. And um, so I, you know, I surely hope Green Bay wins, but um, I was a little scared to pick this game. Yeah. The Packers won Monday night. They would have actually been still in the division hunt. I mean, two games back yeah. with four games to go and Detroit's got a tough schedule. So um, either way though, that's the way it sits. Uh, New Orleans is at home against the Giants. The Giants got the win on uh, Monday night. New Orleans six and seven on the year. The Giants at five and eight. The Giants have been playing better. Saquon two touchdowns this past week. Tommy DeVito is the story of the NFL. But the Saints are five and a half point favorites at home. I would have picked the Giants had I picked this game against the spread. I'm not sure the Giants win this game, but I don't. Th- I, I think it's a close one at the very least. How do you feel about Saints Giants? Yeah, the way the Giants have been playing, it should be a close game. Again, I would think New Orleans wins this. They have more to play for. Uh, but the Giants have surprised lately, no doubt about it. So, uh, Miami plays the Jets. I'm surprised you didn't pick this game. Uh, Miami, nine-and-a-half-point favorites. You've been kind of in on the Dolphins and their big spreads. Uh, the Jets are no good. Miami coming off a surprising loss. Um, you would think that there will be a wake for this game. Uh, I think Miami wins, and they may win it big. I don't know. I, but I stayed away from the big spreads uh, this week. Thoughts on Dolphins-Jets? Yeah, I, I did consider picking it, and uh, Miami ought to beat the Jets bad. But um, you never know. You know, Wilson had a big game last week. So, you know, it's kind of up in the air now whether Wilson or DeVito, you know, is the MVP this year. So we'll just have to see. Yeah, I yeah, <laughs> I know you're being facetious, uh, but yeah, interesting for sure. Division game, even though it's in Miami, that's uh, that's always a little scary as well. Kansas City, two tough losses. Now they've got uh, New England at New England, nine and a half points. That's why I didn't pick it, but I have a feeling Kansas City could win this game by 40. Um, they're going to be motivated coming into this game. Uh, do you think New England even has a shot against Kansas City this week? I uh, know I don't. I think, you know, they will be very well motivated about it. Um, you know, as far as New England, of course, you, you know, you know, the news, you know, broke in the last day or so that, you know, Belichick supposedly this is officially, you know, um, going to be his last season. I uh, don't know if that's his decision. And of course he was asked about it and he made a very good answer about it, said he was just working on Kansas City. So um, very Belichickian there from that standpoint. But, um, yeah, the Chiefs should have no trouble with this and definitely should rebound. Two more games. San Francisco is on the road to Arizona, 13.5-point favorites. Uh, My buddy Brad here in Lexington, he said, stay away from San Francisco this week. Um, so I did, uh, they're obviously the better team, but do they maybe slip a little bit, still get the win, but slip a little bit this week, considering that, uh, they've had some pretty big wins here as of late. Yeah. 13 and a half is what kept me away from it because the Cardinals, you just never know. I mean, all of a sudden they can play better. It is a division game. San Francisco should not have any trouble with them at all. 
Um, but no, I, I stayed away from that one. Buffalo at home, two and a half point favorites against Dallas. Uh, some of my childhood playoff memories are Buffalo and Dallas Super Bowls. Uh, some different things going on back in the day. Uh, but uh, man, this one, I, I didn't know where to go with this one, Dad. Uh, Buffalo got the win this past week, but only put up 20 points. Dallas, on the other hand, looks to be one of the best teams in the league right now. But you never know what's going to happen with them, too. So uh, Buffalo, two and a half points favorites. I guess I'll go Buffalo because they're at home. Uh, which way do you go with this one? Yeah, this would be one of the more fun games to keep an eye on because Buffalo, you know, are they going to rebound? Um, they need this game. It's at home. Dallas has played super. So if Dallas is as good as they look like they are, um, they'll win this. And if they win this, then, boy, you're looking, yeah, the Cowboys or something. And, um, you know, the Bills are in trouble. Um, I think just looking at the playoff picture, you, I think, you know, looks like, well, the Bills should be okay. Uh, but this will be a this will be a big game and being at home. So um, I'm, I'm real intrigued to pay attention to this one because, um, you know, I, I don't know which way this one will go. I agree with you on that. Will Dallas come out and really handle them? Will Buffalo come out and handle them? Will it be a, a close game at the end? And, you know, uh, Dallas guy, you know, is offsides. Who knows? <laughs> Dallas currently has the best uh, point differential in the league. At plus 188, uh, 421 points for only 233 against San Francisco's close on their heels. Um, and Buffalo is in fourth in the league right now in that, or excuse me, fifth right now in the league on that. Uh, but Buffalo is currently tied with Pittsburgh, Cincinnati, Indianapolis, Houston, and Denver um, in the wild card hunt. Um, they cannot afford to lose games right now. Uh, and it, wouldn't it be crazy if Buffalo misses the playoffs and Cleveland and Pittsburgh get in? That would be absolutely wild. Um, I don't anticipate that happening, but that would be crazy. Uh, let's see here. Buffalo, by the way, has been bad on the road this year. Two and four on the road, but they're five and two at home. Uh, again, another reason to have a little bit of confidence in this also. Uh, when you look at the standings, Miami leads uh, the East. Baltimore leads the North. Jacksonville by a game leads in the South. And Kansas City only by a game leads in the West as the Broncos are nipping at the heels of the division right now as well. In the NFC, Dallas and Philadelphia are tied. Detroit still uh, has control of the North. Tampa, Atlanta, and New Orleans are all tied at 6-7 and seven in the South. And San Francisco, the first team to clinch a playoff spot at 10 and 3 leads the division and has it well under control. Um let's see here. Even though uh San Francisco is the only team to clinch, Carolina and New England have both been officially eliminated from the playoffs as well. So there's a lot on the line this week with these games and uh the hunt for the first overall draft pick is still there as well. Uh so we'll see how it all shakes down right now. Chicago, by way of Carolina, has the number one overall pick. New England and Arizona are right behind them uh, as well. So we'll see how that one all shakes out. All looks, right. like uh, looks, looks like we skipped over one playoff potential game also, the Steelers and the Colts. Oh, yes. Yeah, I'm sorry. 
That was the Saturday night game. I did skip it. You're right. Uh, Steelers and the Colts. Um, the Colts are the slight favorite. Um, is that how it is on our app? I, that's how it is on the other things. Um, sorry, I closed yeah, that I, down. I think, I, I think the Colts, you know, can win. I think the Steelers are, are slipping, even though they've got a good record right now. And uh, the Colts still have, a, you know, both, again, both teams in the hunt. Um, Colts at home, so we'll see. Yeah, Mitch Trubisky at quarterback for the Steelers. Uh, Gardner Minshew, of course, with the Colts. Uh, I'd go with the Colts as well with them being at home. Uh, I think that's a safe bet for sure. Um, Dad, any NHL thoughts that you feel like we need to know about? Um, no, I mean, the, the Predators are turned things around and are doing better. So that's um, exciting. They're only two games, uh, only two, four points out of the lead in the division. They've done, they've, they've really turned things around. Um, so that's been fun. I think we had another hockey coach fired this week. Seems like we have one of those uh, just about every week. And uh, so, so we'll see how it goes. But um, yeah, I've enjoyed, you know, enjoyed following the Predators and glad they've turned stuff around. Yeah, they have, they have uh, turned some things around looking a lot better for sure. Um, we're not going to talk college football tonight. Uh, plenty of things going on with the portal. Nebraska seems to be landing some people. Kentucky's landed some people. Uh, but we'll, we'll keep up to that on another episode uh, down the road as well, as well as the baseball stuff and things like that too. Uh, so the Sports Stove local hour has taken a break uh, through Christmas. Uh, so the next two weeks, there will not be a local hour episode. But there was one on Monday night. You can go and listen to that if you'd like. Bree Crittenden from EKU Women's Basketball joined the program with me and Ryan. Uh, next Wednesday, though, we will be back with another Sports Stove podcast right here. And uh, don't forget to go to RighteousFelon.com. Order yourself some jerky. Use that promo code STOVE15 at checkout to get 15% off your purchase. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Sports Stove. And uh, that's it for tonight. So until next time, we'll see you around the sports stove. <laughs>